I'm Kristen Hetzel, co-host of Dining at Disney Podcast. Every week I chat about dining at Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort and Disney Cruise Line with my fellow foodie, Bubba. We also feature restaurants and food reviews, information to help you plan your dining, Disney food news, recipes, and a monthly panel discussion. Visit DiningAtDisney.com and subscribe to Dining at Disney Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform. Dining at Disney Podcast, the happiest plate on earth. This week on Skull Rock Podcast, we're talking Alex Trebek, and the holidays have arrived and are full effect at the Walt Disney World Resort. Skull Rock Podcast, talking all things Disney, with your hosts, L. John Goh and Dave Bossert. Wow. Crazy week, but we're here once again to share our fandom. Welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. Every week, we talk all things Disney and pop culture with never-before-heard stories, behind-the-scenes moments from some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, performances, books, movies, and much more. I'm your co-host, musician, and longtime Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars fan, as well as pop culturist, you can always email me at aljohn at skullrockpodcast.com. And I'm Dave Bossard, artist, filmmaker, author, and welcome to our podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can e- email me at dave at skullrockpodcast.com. And boy, what what a show we have, as always. <laughs> we have so much to talk about. I don't know if we're going to get to all of it, but the sad news this morning, and it's you know, we're recording our show on Sunday, is that Alex Trebek, the revered host of Jeopardy for 36 years, has passed away at the age of 80. Oh, man, oh, man. It's an end of an era, literally. And we'll get into that as well as all, all kinds of news. We've got all kinds of news coming up. So uh, we'll talk more about the life and times of Alex Trebek. But before we get into the news, let's go ahead and give our shout-outs to our huge supporters. We've got our Anchor anchor family. We've got Lindsay S. and Charles A. Thank you so much for supporting the show. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. And if you'd like to support the show, feel free to visit us at anchor.fm forward slash Skull Rock Podcast and click on the support button. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this show on all your favorite podcast platforms. Skull Rock Podcast, ripped from the headlines. It's Skull Rock Podcast headline news. As Dave alluded to, the legendary Alex Trebek, he just passed away. And it is an end of an era. I love Jeopardy. And I used to watch Jeopardy growing up obviously in college it was a huge thing part (laughs) it's interesting you know in in college you get you get to watch all kinds of weird tv shows and daytime tv shows uh in between classes and i remember uh going back to my dorm or going back to my apartment and my friends just all hanging out and we would watch all my children and days of our lives and jeopardy afternoon 
hanging out with Alex Trebek. And I don't know if you knew this, Dave, but one of our Sorcerer Radio DJs, Eric Allen, actually was a Jeopardy contestant and won a day of Jeopardy. Wow. Yeah, that he, is pretty awesome. Yeah, they flew him out there to meet Alex, and he was just super, um, super nice. The whole staff was super nice. But Trebek, as many of you know or follow, revealed in March of last year that he'd began di- uh, that he'd been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Quote, I've lived a good life, a full life, and I'm nearing the end of that life, he told USA Today in October. The host won five Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show Host. And in 2011, Trebek received a Peabody Award for encouraging, celebrating, and rewarding knowledge. Jeopardy is one is the only post-1960 game show to be honored with that. And it's uh, amazing. It really yeah. is. It, it, it's such a, you know, I, I, I have to say when he announced that he had pancreatic cancer, I think that, you know, you, you kind of soften the blow of somebody passing because you know that they have a, a form of cancer that, uh, has a very low survival rate and, um, you know, he, he attacked it bravely. He put a great face on it. He, he talked about it. You know, one of the things I, I really admired about him because, you know, my sister uh, had worked at Sony where uh, they taped uh, Jeopardy and, uh, and she told me he was just an incredibly nice guy. Uh, and he often in between shows that they were taping. And, and I don't know if our audience knows this, but, you know, Jeopardy was on five days a week, right? Well, uh, they would tape all of those shows in two days. And if you were a contestant on the show, you were told that you had to bring like, you know, so many changes of clothes with you. Uh, because once you taped an episode, if you moved on to the next, uh, you know, next game, uh, the next show, uh, you would go and change into a different outfit and come out and they would tape that show. And it was always done to a live audience. Um, but one of the things I, I really admired last year, um, uh, Alex Trebek was on Good Morning America and he said he wasn't afraid of death. He said, quote, I realize that there is an end in sight for me just as there is for everyone else, he said. One line that I have used with our staff in recent weeks and months is that when I do pass on, one thing they will not say at my funeral is, oh, he was taken from us too soon. Hey guys, I'm 79 years old. Well, now he's 80. He he passed away when he was 80. He said, I've had one hell of a good life and I've enjoyed it. The thought of passing on doesn't frighten me. It doesn't. Other things do. The effect it will have on my loved ones, it makes me sad. But the thought of myself moving on, hey, folks, it comes with the territory. And that's so true. You know, we're only here for a certain amount of time. And we really have to make the best of it. And we have to leave our mark, so to speak. Exactly. And those are very powerful um, words. He met life head on. Yeah, and was able to not only just pass on knowledge, not only in form of his game show and hosting, but also pass it on in terms of the way he lived his life and the people that he interacted with. That is very admirable. You know, I, I have to tell you, Jeopardy to me was it, Jeopardy was one of those shows that uh, anybody could watch. 
You know, you could watch it with your whole family. You could watch it while you were doing other things. Yes. You know, you, you could watch it while you were preparing dinner and you'd be listening to the questions and you'd be shouting out answers to the television. You you try and shout out the answer before the contestant did, you know, and uh, it was always a lot of fun in our household and it still is. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who actually... Um, is going to be cast uh, to step into his shoes, which obviously no one can replace him, but the show should go on, I think. Uh, and I think that they just will have to get a new person uh, who will then make their mark on that show. Understood. It's the same thing that, that happened to the prices, right? When Bob Barker stepped down and retired, yeah. and they got Drew Carey, who by yeah. the way is an amazing Host. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is that Trebek, and this is according to uh, the Variety article you sent me, Dave, he said he's got a longstanding commitment to numerous charities and organizations. He sat on the boards of National Geographic Society, Educational Foundation, the National mm -hmm. Advisory for the Liber Literary Volunteers of America. He participated in 13 USO tours, developing countries in the world, uh, hosted him and uh, he did a bunch for organizations that benefited children in, in uh, adopting a village in Zambia in Africa, helping yeah. build schools, homes for teachers and medical facilities. And he's all, you know, he's just an amazing philanthropist as well. And I can tell you those USO tours, I've, I've been on four of them um, when I was uh, playing with my rock band, but that, you know, that is, that is not an easy thing, but I can tell you it is a life changing uh, thing to do. And by the way, he was a hands-on guy. I saw an interview with him a number of years ago uh, where they interviewed him at his home. And, uh, you know, when, when he wasn't working, he was working on his house and actually built a, a garage addition to his home. And so he was a, he was a very um, hands-on person uh, and down-to-earth, so to speak, you know? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who they cast to host Jeopardy. Jeopardy is one of the longest-running shows in all of television history and i think it's even a world guinness uh, world yeah. guinness uh, re record book holder yeah it's something <laughs> right. like eight eight thousand episodes he unbelievable hosted. unbelievable yeah. what a what an amazing career uh alex rebeck you will be missed yeah and i think you know as you said um uh, after the news of eddie van halen passing away several weeks ago it's like what more can this year take from us i, I mean it's just 2020 is going to go down as just one of those years that my gosh it's it, it, it's just striking all the things that have gone on this year and obviously the big news of um you know we're we're beyond the election now uh it looks like we have a new president mm -hmm. um and uh we just need to get this pandemic you know stomped out and, exactly and so we can all move on to more joyful things exactly right well and we are, but it doesn't mean that uh, life uh, is uh, on, you know, is on pause. I mean, it's seemingly we're we're living Groundhog Day, especially over the past week, Groundhog Day, time in and time out. But uh, it, a lot of decisions and hard ones are still being made across the board. Davey recently shared this article with me about more layoffs from Disney Studio Division. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it wasn't a surprise to me when I saw that come across the wire. 
uh, I have to say, um, when they announce the big reorganization that's going to be around the streaming effort uh, around Disney Plus, um, uh, I thought to myself, okay, you know, that, that means there's going to be more layoffs. Uh, and, and I didn't say that. Uh, when we were talking last, uh, because, you know, you always have your fingers crossed that they may not do that. But of course, uh, you know, there, anytime there's a reorganization, it, it equates to layoffs. There's going to be a certain number of people let go. And I think this is hitting a lot of the uh, marketing team um, uh, uh, at, at Walt Disney Studios. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's part of what's going on, but boy, uh, I'll tell you, when you start to look at the entertainment industry over the last several months, there is just layoffs after layoffs happening at all of these different, you know, Lionsgate is paring down again. Um, you know, there was a big reorg and layoff at Warner brothers, uh, it's just continuing because this pandemic is wreaking havoc uh, on everything. This is true. Uh, it says uh, more than 50 employees at the studio's marketing group in New York-based theatrical vision and Searchlight Pictures, that uh, is an, a, a division of Disney, um, and several hundred positions have been eliminated as well. Uh, earlier this week, Disney Disney's ESPN announced that 500 positions have been eliminated. Um, the numbers are are staggering. And all I can yeah, but say the, is, you know, that's not surprising, yeah. uh, Al John. I mm-hmm. mean, ESPN, I mean, you know, the uh, the sports world has been upended uh, for 2020, uh, upended. So right. it's not a surprise that, that they're going to uh, be uh, uh, pairing back uh, there. And then look at uh, Disney Theatrical. All of Broadway has been shut down. Yeah. And they're going to continue to be shut down. I think they were hoping they were going to open by the end of March. Now I think it's going to be May that they're looking at. Um, you know, they shuttered, uh, Disney shuttered Frozen on Broadway uh, permanently. Uh, I think they're still doing the road show on that, uh, the, the, the touring company. But, you know, look, I mean, how long can you continue to pay people if you're not bringing in any money? You know? Yeah. Well, here in, in, in Nashville, um, in Middle Tennessee, it seems that schools, as soon as they open up, some of them, not all of them, shut down only after a couple of weeks. These waves continue to hit, and it's going to be interesting to see how people or our companies climb back. I guess the light at the end of the tunnel is, Dave, is that streaming content is more important than ever. And even though the big studios may be laying people off, it will probably give way for independents and more uh, uh, more companies to come up with this content that people are starving for on different and, various platforms. And, and, you know, we talked about this before. Content is king. I mean, you have to have content for these streaming platforms. Um, I think that, uh, you know, certainly uh, uh, Quibi imploding uh, a few weeks ago, uh, they, they didn't have a lot of stuff on their platform and they weren't getting any traction as far as subscribers go. But it's all about the content. And, you know, you look at Netflix, and I think Netflix is creating some hundreds and hundreds, something like six or 700 shows, uh, movies and, and, and content for their platform right now uh, annually. And, uh, and they just announced uh, plans to release six animated movies every year, which 
Wow. I, I have to tell you, that raised an eyebrow for me when I saw that headline. Yeah. I was like, six animated features a year? I mean, those, <laughs> you know, animated films are labor intensive. And and it made me start to, start to think that I guess animation and animated features is just becoming another commodity. It's no longer an art. It, it's just, it's like the sausage factory. They're oh, grinding, man. grinding them out, you know, which is, which is terrible to say. But Aljon, if yeah. you look at Pinocchio, Disney's Pinocchio. Yes. That to me is a masterpiece. That is a work of art yes. that was handcrafted by hundreds of artists, you know, labor intensive, traditional animation. Uh, but these guys were, top artists in their, uh, you know, um, in, in their, in their respective fields. And they handcrafted these movies and that's why they look so beautiful. And that's why they are works of art. You look at Bambi. I mean, Joe, Joe Hale mentioned when we talked to him last week that, you know, if it came down to saving the negative for Bambi or the Mona Lisa, uh, you know, he, he would opt for the Bambi negative. Um, obviously everybody has their own taste, but I have to say turning out six features a year, that that's, really ambitious, I have to say. And I, and I hope the quality doesn't suffer because, you know, on Netflix, they've created shows on Netflix that, you know, are not very good. Mm -hmm. I and mean, we've all seen them. Yeah. I think they just roll the dice. I don't know if this, do you know if some of these features that Netflix has, is that just canned stuff that they're putting on their, their, their own label that they're just gobbling up because they see this this content out there, they just want to gobble it up, or is it just original stuff? I, I I'm under the impression that they're they're going to be making original features with their own, you know, bringing in filmmakers. Now, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro is is doing uh, a Pinocchio animated film. Yeah. Uh, th there, um, you know, you had um, uh, they had Klaus. Uh, or right. clause uh, last year um, yeah. uh, for, uh, I think, really their first animated feature, yeah. uh, which got nominated for an Academy Award. And that, and by the way, beautifully done film. I mean, I would consider that to, to me that looks like to be a holiday classic. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's really a gorgeous movie. Uh, Glenn Keane's uh, film, um, was it Over the Moon? Sure, uh, yes. O Over the Moon released, I think, a week or so, or two weeks ago yeah. on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to watch that. I'll have to check uh, that but out. I, but, but I did see the trailer for it, and, you know, the animation looks beautiful. But it also, you know, smacked a little bit of derivative, you know, sort of animation tropes that you would see at Disney, you know. Well, it is Glenn um, after all. Yeah, I, I get that, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, so. but, but you still have, uh, you know, Guillermo del Toro's uh, uh, Pinocchio, his mm -hmm. version of Pinocchio, which will be very interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, you've got uh, Richard uh, Linklater's uh, um, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age adventure uh, yeah. that's in production. Uh, I'm really curious to see Henry Selleck's uh, Wendell and Wild because that's that's going to be done uh, stop motion. Oh wow! Uh, okay. And and, yeah. and Henry, you know Henry Selleck, who directed 
uh, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. uh, is a brilliant uh, uh, animation director. So a absolutely brilliant. He's got great sensibilities, and uh, you know he's he's the master of uh, stop motion uh, for our generation. So they're pl they're plucking some names that have been firmly rooted in the Disney camp, right? Henry Selleck, uh, it's done a lot of stuff for Disney, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, um, Glenn Keane. Yeah. So do you think now uh, earlier last year, we heard Warner brothers picking up talent like JJ Abrams to basically helm uh, a whole bunch of films uh, under his production company. So they're grabbing creators and these type of things. Do you feel like they Netflix is in a position to start poaching talent from all the different other animation studios just so that, uh, and just really sign them to long-term contracts to provide this content for them? Uh, absolutely. Without question. I mean, you know, one of the, uh, I, I think one of the pluses and minuses uh, of uh, companies like Netflix is that they have a tremendous amount of money, but that's right now, you know, is that sustainable? Is that spend sustainable into the future? You know, that's uh, for other people to decide, but, um, you know, they can throw money at things, but it's not about throwing money. It's about really producing high quality as, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, you yeah. can, you can grind out six features in a year, but you know, the, the what are they going to look like? You know, are they going to look like, you know, adult TV animation? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think we're finding out with streaming services like Shudder. Um, I'm a horror movie fan. Dave, I think our, you and your our audience may know that. I'm a huge horror yeah. movie fan. There's not a whole lot there. And it, there was definitely not a whole lot of content when I first signed up, and there's definitely not a whole lot of content now. And I totally am not going back to that. Um, you gave I gave you two shots. I gave you two yeah. shots to keep my money, and it's just not there. So I'm hoping that, uh, well, at the end of the day, everyone is is clamoring for that content. We'll see. Hopefully, they will be churning out quality stuff like uh, animation over there at Disney and Disney Plus, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, you know, and that's what it boils down to. I mean, really, to me, it's about great stories. You know, it, it, you have to start with a great story that's compelling, something unique that people haven't seen before. The, one of the big problems, I think, with animated features over the last, you know, decade is that you're getting uh, sort of those same uh, uh, derivative uh, type of uh, characters. Uh, you know, you you watch one studio's feature and you walk out feeling like, oh, that, that main character was sort of like, you know, Cinderella or sort of like, you know, some other character that was in a an older animated feature. And so that's that's where you have to be careful. You know, there's a lot of great stories to be told and they should be taking some risks with those stories and they should be doing things that haven't been done before. But, you know, it's the old adage in Hollywood. I, I think after the, the huge success of The Godfather, uh, somebody quipped that uh, they'll, they'll be putting, uh, you know, dead horse heads in beds uh, in several <laughs> movies because The Godfather did it and it was such a huge success, you know. 
So, you know, there tends to be a lot of um, uh, copying that goes on um, around town when somebody has a big success. Exactly. We'll see what kind of mockbusters they come up with. <laughs> yes, exactly. For sure. Yeah. I'm Al John Go, co-host of the Disney List podcast, as heard on Sorcerer Radio, as well as Skull Rock podcast. Here with my wife, Kristen. Hello. Hello. You are an earmarked agent who books Disney travel vacations for people all the time. Give our listeners a reason why they want to give you a call instead of just booking a trip by themselves. Well, I can do all of the legwork for them. I have expertise. I've been to the Disney parks well over a hundred times. So they've got that knowledge at their hand as well as it saves them time and money. Where can people get in touch with you so that they can book their next Disney cruise, Disney park trip, Adventures by Disney? They can contact me at themeparksandcruises at gmail.com. Your attention, please. Now loading on track number one for a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Skull Rock Podcast. All aboard. Your main street to the world of Disney. Oh, man, Dave. You know what that sound means? It's the holidays, and the holidays are in. F- I, I know, right? It's the holidays are in full effect, and Disney just launched an everything holiday page that has all types of Disney magic moments and more. So, if you want to learn how to make some holiday treats, you can. You want to check out some of the older holiday lights and the different festivities going on. They've got an early look. They just posted Taste of Epcot International Festival of the Holidays, which, by the way, is one of my favorite things at the Disney parks. I lo- Not only do I like Halloween. By the way, I hope you had a great Halloween, Dave. We had some kids come in in their costumes. It was amazing. It w- we had nobody. It was oh, quiet. Oh, uh, no. our, our, our street was, it was crickets chirping. Oh. You know? And uh, no one was out uh, here in Los Angeles, or yeah. at least in my neighborhood. I get it. I get it. Uh, lar- largely because of the pandemic, obviously. And, you know, they initially, quote, canceled Halloween, the, uh, at least Los Angeles County did. But as been the case with this pandemic, Every time a government uh, agency or, you know, a local government agency uh, comes out with an edict like we have to cancel this because it's potential of spreading the virus, uh, there's a huge outcry from people and, um, you know, they, they wind up capitulating and uh, and backtracking and say, well, okay, we're not going to cancel it. We're not going to forbid it, but uh, we uh, recommend that you don't do it. Uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, one interesting thing I did want to point out, uh, uh, since we're just touching on Halloween, which just passed, yeah. is that Hershey Hershey chocolate, Hershey, the Hershey company. Yes. Uh, you think it might have been a disaster because Halloween was kind of soft this year? It wasn't. You know, they they leaned into um, uh, Halloween early on, back in August, and got candy out to the retailers. And they did something interesting. They bagged uh, candy for home consumption, you know, as opposed to the giant bags that you would dump in a bowl to give away. 
and uh, and they emphasized uh, you know people enjoying at their home. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, since they're self-isolating and believe it or not, Hershey sold more chocolate this year, uh, than wow. they did last year, just, uh, you know, a couple percent, but the fact that it could have been a disaster, it was avoided. And, uh, I love the fact that Hershey, uh, did well and, uh, has, uh, taken a little bit more of the candy market share here in the United States. Enough with business news, though. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting because, A, for one, I'm a huge, huge dark chocolate fan. I love it. I love me some dark chocolate. I love me some s'mores. I do love candy during the Halloween time and the holidays. And I have really – and you'd be very proud of me, Dave. I have such a big sweet tooth. I actually had to pull myself back and say no more Reese's Pieces. I only had a couple, and I only had a couple um, – uh, I love the, uh, what is the Whopper malt balls? I've always loved uh-huh. Whoppers. It's like one of my favorite things. And sure. so we set that aside. We still have bags and bags of candy from, you know, we from the Halloween time. But my wife and I did dress up. You'll be proud of us. She dressed up as the parasol lady from the Haunted Mansion. Very nice. We dressed up the kids in like, you know, the Baby Yoda and, you know, all this, sure. this cool stuff. And then I dressed up as a Jedi Knight. It was hot in those Jedi robes, I have to still admit, but we still uh-huh. tried to enjoy ourselves and we put the candy out there in a pale social distance and everybody would just grab some candy and all that other stuff. And it was great to see the kids, you know, dressed up and we'd maintain social distance and we greeted them from our front porch. But uh, yeah, we, we still did our best, but you know, the holiday season is one of my favorites. I love it when the parks celebrate the holidays uh, you alluded to the fact that you love the fresh candy canes at, at Disneyland. It's the best when you watch them do the fresh candy canes and you get the fresh candy canes there. Absolutely. And the caramel apples yeah. and, you know, I love it. It, I, listen, I, I, I love the fact that leading up to Halloween, you see a lot of uh, Halloween um, uh, merchandise and decorations and whatnot out um uh what i what i wince at is seeing the christmas decorations going up before <laughs> halloween i kind of feel like i want to enjoy halloween and then the day after halloween just transform your retail stores into christmas you know <laughs> i mean i'm okay with that but but don't do it before halloween all oh. right please <laughs> well uh, yeah right i mean yeah, you're right though in august they started putting i went to our local target store just to grab some necessities and lo and behold, the Christmas trees were there. And I mean, I, it yeah, blew it's, my it's mind. Unbelievable. It blew it's my unbelievable. Mind. It blew my mind. But, well. <laughs> but you know what? This this is, you know, as the, as the song goes, this is the most wonderful time of year. Indeed. Uh, it really is. And 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 I, I think by mid-November, you start that 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 slow slide into the new year, you know, and and a lot of stuff goes on hold and people just start enjoying themselves a little bit more. And, and I hope that that is the case this year. Uh, I hope the pandemic doesn't put a, um, uh, you know, uh, squash that too much. Yes. Uh, but it's all about what we make of it, I guess. Right. Exactly. Well, I think we're going to spend a lot of time at home, um, but at least we can experience some of that stuff through the Disney parks blog. And if you just happen to be, over there at Walt Disney World because it's the only park, a Disney park open right now here stateside. 
At least you'll be able to check out the taste of Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays that I love so much. You'll be able to check out all the delicious food and the Disney characters and their holiday finest. I love the photo ops for everybody, even if it's social distanced. I think it's still going to be a lot of fun. November 27th through December 30th at the Walt Disney World Resort. And they even have little dozens of holiday wallpapers, the things that you can print out. And of course, Shop Disney has got all your gingerbread Mickey ears and holiday shirts for you to check out as well. Now, the other thing. Yes, Dave. You know, I was going to just chime in and talk about the fact, yes, Walt Disney World is open down there, which is fantastic for, right. for the folks in that part of the country and the East Coast to go down. But here, as you mentioned, uh, Disneyland is still closed, but but the Disney um, downtown Disney is yes. open. Yes. And, and and I think they just came out with an announcement that they're opening shortly. Um, the Buena Vista Street uh, uh, shops and restaurants for the California Adventure. You're right. And yes. I thought to myself, well, if you're doing that for California Adventure, then why not open up Main Street? Yeah. Uh, and even the hub uh, to uh, allow people to come in and do shopping and and maybe do some photo ops with the castle all done up. I mean, that that to me would be... Uh, logical if you're opening up one of this street. You would think. And I think you would think. You would think. <laughs> and I think it would be great. Um, that way you can get all the holiday goodies and get your shopping done in, in a very safe and uh, well cleaned environment. So um, I guess we'll just keep you posted as to when they're going to do all that. Uh, I didn't see any press releases regarding an actual time or date. But they're going to be doing it, Dave. Uh, I know we follow that, so we'll keep our, our listeners informed. You know when that happens, and just check yeah, out yeah, our I social th- media. I, I think they're still going back and forth on some of this stuff, and and you know, honestly, I think that the folks that run Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort, know how to uh, deal with uh, the issues at hand and make it a safe. Um, a uh, safe adventure, a safe visit for uh, people coming to the parks. Yes. Uh, just like just like they've done down at Walt Disney World. Uh, I don't think that the state of California right now uh, really, uh, um, you know, they're, they're making these blanket edicts of, you know, you have to be in a certain, you know, arbitrary level almost that uh, – uh, to open up. And I, I sit there and say, you know, the Disneyland resort is its own thing. You know, they should deal with it as its own thing, not as part of Anaheim or orange County, uh, but its own thing because they're doing stuff down in Florida to keep the guests, um, safe and to keep the workers safe. Uh, that uh, exceeds what, 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 uh, government agencies would mandate. I think. Yes, absolutely. And they think their number one priority is the people and the people yeah. meaning the the patrons and the cast members. So absolutely. I think they've definitely yeah. had um, established more than best practices. I think that this is something that they're going to adopt throughout many of the theme parks um, because they have that whole society um, that's based on theme park safety, uh, give their provided guidelines and they exceeded those. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be good, and we'll just have to see. I, I I hope 
I hope they at least open up Main Street and, and Buena Vista Street, you know, and get those people going and and get that sense of, you know, we're back home. We're going to go start shopping and, and hopefully uh, move toward opening those entire yeah. parks. You know, and they do such a beautiful job decorating, you know, it's to me, you know, that's one of the pleasures of the holiday is going down to the parks um, uh, during the holiday season and, and everything's just so beautifully decorated. It just feels like the season, you know, feels good. Yep. And I'm going to miss it so much. I've already, we've missed so much and I can't wait. Another thing that we're missing, Dave, is going on cruises and we kind of hinted at this, you know, the cruise line industry is is very slow to come back. And it's going to be a while before it comes back up to full strength. But you can experience some theater since uh, Broadway is shut down. You can get some very family fun entertainment because uh, Disney Parks blog just launched Disney Cruise Lines Frozen, a musical spectacular. It's about an hour long. And uh, have you seen any of these uh, cruise ship type of adaptations of the, the films at all? Yeah, you know, I I actually worked on a bunch of uh, 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 of the live shows that were on uh, on the cruise ships. You see, I, I, I set them up when, yeah. when when I worked at, at Disney. I I did a number of projects through through my special projects group. Um, we worked on a number of shows uh, over the years uh, that were on board the cruise ship. Awesome. I always loved it because, hey, I got a free cruise out of it. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would go on board the, uh, the you know, a cruise, uh, you know, to, to do, uh, to work on a show that was going in. But, you know, we'd have to work on the show overnight uh, mm-hmm. while the guests were all sleeping. We'd be in the theater working because, during the day they were running their regular shows in the theater. So, you know, when you did a show install, um, you know, you did it overnight while, you know, so we were sleeping during the day and uh, up at night working in the theater. So, but uh, you know, I have to tell you, I had, I had the funniest uh, story to convey to you because I was, uh, I was working on a show that was being installed on, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was, I think it was the wonder, the okay. Disney wonder. Yeah. And um, I happened to be down in Orlando um, on business. You know, I think it was, we were shooting intros and outros of Roy Disney at the animal kingdom for the release of the true life adventures on DVD. Nice. Okay. So that, so picture that, right? So we're at the animal kingdom doing that shoot for a couple of days. And then we had like a day uh, free. And uh, I told Roy, I had to go over to the cruise ship because the ship had come into, uh, into Port Canaveral. And while it was in port, uh, offloading passengers and then loading the next cruise ship that, you know, the next group that was going to go out on the cruise ship. Um, I was able to go on board the ship and look at some stuff that was being done and, uh, and just give my input on it. Right. And so I, I, I said to Roy, I go, I, you know, I've got to go over to Port Canaveral to the cruise ship. Um, I have, if you want to come with me, you're welcome to. And, uh, and he was, he was like, yeah, oh yeah, uh, that'd be great. You know, and we, we just hopped in a rental car and we drove, the two of us drove to Port Canaveral from Orlando. But I, I kept telling one of the uh, show producers that was working on the show, 
um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come over on this day and I'm right. bringing Roy with me. And they kept saying, okay, great. Yeah. Bring Roy, bring Roy. And they kept thinking it was a different Roy. They, they, so when I showed up with Roy Disney, they, they, you know, <laughs> they were a bit shocked, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the next thing you know, the captain of the ship is, you know, in his dress uniform uh -huh. is down into the theater uh -huh. to say hi and everything. But it was just one of the funniest things because Roy, Roy always loved the animal kingdom and he also yes. loved the cruise ships. Yeah. And, and so any, any chance, I mean, rather than just hanging out in his hotel room, it was like, sure, I'll go for a ride with you, Dave, you know, and, and we went over and, and he came into the theater and just sat down in a seat and, you know, he didn't have any, anything to do with the show we were working on. And, you know, occasionally I looked over, I said, Roy, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it, was, but it was just so funny. Man, that's, anyway. that's great. Well, I love, I love that you shared that anecdote. I knew that you had worked on some things, but I just wanted to set it up for you. Um, and this is why people listen to the show because you get to hear little tidbits about this. And, uh, yeah, you know, and the, the other thing I have to tell you is I love the Disney cruise line because, I do. Yeah. you know, a lot of people say, have said to me over the, and I, I think I've been on, on like 25 or 30 cruises with, yeah. with the Disney cruise line. And uh, I, I've, I've had people say to me over the years, you know, yeah, but aren't like, isn't it full of kids and running all over the place? And I, and I have to tell you the first couple of cruises that I had gone on, I, I literally said to somebody on the cruise ship, I'm like, where are all the kids? You know, and I jokingly <laughs> said, are they down in the galley rowing this ship? <laughs> I mean, where did they go? Kitty powered. And, and, and so, you know, but what they do uh, that is so great is that they have so many programs on board uh, the cruise ship for kids and they're broken out into different age groups. Yeah. So it's not all the kid, you know, kids of different ages all together. It's, it's kids of their own age group they can go off and do things together. And I find that really amazing because they're not under your feet. You yes. know what I mean? And they've also got certain parts of the cruise ship where, um, you know, it's adults only, you know, there's an adults only pool. Uh, there's uh, you know, a coffee shop and some bar areas that are adults only. And, and they, and they really enforce that. If, if a kid wanders into that area, there's a cast member there say, Oh, I'm sorry, you can't be in here. And they take them back out, you know? Uh, so that makes it much more enjoyable because, you know, if you're an empty nester uh, uh, and, or you're retired or whatever, uh, and you want to go on a, a, a cruise, I mean, Disney cruise are really well done. I mean, they're really good cruises. Yes, indeed. And, uh, I, I think, I think I love that about the Disney cruise line and that's why they're award-winning cruise lines. They, they have everything well, so well thought out and people have an extraordinary time. Families have a great time because they can take a break from the kids to have some adult time. The kids enjoy it because there's so many programs and activities for them that are specifically catered for them. And the childcare is just amazing. So I, I'm looking forward to the industry coming back, Disney Cruise Line coming back, and I'm glad they were able to at least share some of these great things over YouTube that you can uh, watch and stream for free because I think they're incredible productions. I think they're very well thought out, 
And the way they have everything puppeteered and the costumes and the sets and everything is just very high quality. Um, you know, it's not the Lion King on Broadway by any means, but I think that it is a wonderful production. And I think people you know, would, be, would love it. Yeah. And, and you know something I, I would add to that, that um, no, it's not it's not Broadway, but it's Broadway quality. Yes. And uh, and they are smaller stages. They're not big stages like you'd find on Broadway. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, they're they're great live entertainment shows. And I think it's terrific that they're streaming them. It gives people a taste of what they would see on a cruise ship, but you really have to experience it live. Yes. And even though the cruise ships are are shut down now through the end of December, I guess, and that may move out again, uh, they're already talking about robust, robust reservations for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to tell you, Al John, and I've said this before, with all of us pent up in our homes uh, with uh, this pandemic and socially distancing and staying away from crowds. And a lot of people haven't gone on vacations. They've kind of written off their vacations this year, or they've taken some lightweight vacation where they drove to a national park in the area or, you know, taking a drive up the coast of California. I mean, Nancy and I uh, last weekend, you know, I was broadcasting from Morro Bay uh, and you know, we, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago, uh, we were broadcasting from, from Morro Bay. Uh, you know, that's what we're relegated to right now. So I think once they get their, their arms around this pandemic and they get this thing stomped out and they have a vaccine, you're going to see a pop in people getting out of their houses and traveling. You yes. know, and they are going to get back on cruise ships and they're going to get on, on airplanes. They're going to go to resorts and they're going to go and do all those things they couldn't do in 2020. So 2021 <laughs> is going to become like the year of travel. You it's know, going to be. I mean, people want to get out of their houses. And that's why I think that you might see some drop off in uh, or a flattening in subscribership on the streaming services. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be on the lookout for when it happens. Right now, they've got the Beauty and the Beast kind of uh, uh, stage show streaming from Cruise Line, as well as Tangled the Musical. All great stuff there you can check out on YouTube and the Disney Parks blog. And I encourage you to do that. How about we answer some emails and and questions? Shall we do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. it. I love it. Skull Rock Podcast. Answers your email. Last week, we had Joe Hale on the show. And by the way, feedback has been great for that show. What a great interview. So much fun. He's just a terrific guy, you know? I mean, I, you know, he and his wife, Beverly, are just fantastic. I just, I, I, I love to visit with them. And I love to talk with them. And, you know, he's just such an upbeat individual, you know? And, and what a life. Absolutely. Melanie C. Uh, sent us a little note. says, I love this episode. Joe Hale sounds so spry. He has an amazing story. I can't wait for the next episode. Monday morning highlight. 
<laughs> well, you know, and that's very nice. I mean, and and by the way, Joe is very spry. Uh, you know, when Nancy and I went out to visit he and Beverly at their home here in California, um, you know, we sat out in the backyard uh, on the patio and Joe was, was moving about the yard uh, very, very spryly, I must say. Uh, he was feeding some of the birds and, you know, he had a little shed where he kept some of his bird feed and uh, he was just uh, very animated and uh, uh, very, very mobile. Absolutely. Good stuff. You know, um, Lindsay asked a question. Do you think they'll ever do a live action remake of uh, the Black Cauldron? And I think it maybe uh, there had been rumors and I was going to mention this on the show. There have been rumors about a live action adaptation about it um, quite some time ago, but I think things have kind of cooled due to everything surrounding uh, our pandemic right now. But uh, what say you? You know something, look, the uh, it's the Chronicles of Prydane, uh, I think. Is that, is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. Right? Yeah. The, that, you know, they, that's what the Black Cauldron is based on. And, you know, that was a series of books. I mean, look, they could take the Black Cauldron and they could turn it into um, uh, their version of um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings or what was the, the um, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, You know, you could create a Game of Thrones type of show. Um, I mean, look, uh, it, it's really, it's a, it's a matter of getting, uh, some great creative talent and, and, you know, great filmmaker storytellers, uh, to, to latch onto something like that. You could do, I think a, a pretty fantastic, um, uh, either film, uh, or series of films. You could turn it into a franchise, um, uh, I, I and and by the way, having watched the Black Cauldron again a couple of weeks ago before uh, talking with um, Joe Hale, I, I hadn't seen the film in a number of years, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought I thought it held up really well. I, I mean, look, uh, it, it, it's it's not a bad movie, I don't think. Uh, and, and again, I'm biased. It was my first picture at the studio, <laughs> so I will you know tell you that it, it has a special place in my heart, you know, because I, I worked on it. But uh, putting that aside, I still think it was reasonably entertaining and uh, very well done uh, for its time. I think so, too. Maybe it'll be a series uh, on Disney Plus like The Mandalorian. That'd be that would really be yeah, cool. May, yeah, maybe maybe they should ask John Favreau to take a stab at it. You, who knows? That would be great. <laughs> you know, John, I think John's got his hands full. But uh, you know, speaking of, and that's a great question. Thank you guys for writing us, and don't forget you can email us. Uh, we'll have the email here in the show notes as we wrap up. But um, I've caught up on the Mandalorian, just as an FYI, Dave. You're banking some, I hear. I, I am. I, I did not watch last week's episode. Uh, it's debatable if I'll watch this week's episode. I like to watch two or three episodes in a row. Okay. Um, and that, that's how I like to do it. I don't want to sit there and watch, you know, an entire season in one day. I know people do that, but I, <laughs> I, I, I like to chunk it up a little bit and uh, spread it out. Uh, so 
but I loved the first episode and I watched the first episode because I thought they were dropping the whole series, you know, the whole, the whole, uh, season, um, uh, all at once. <laughs> right. And, and then I had that rude awakening. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, it, it, I will say this, be on the lookout for the, the child, little baby Yoda, he is, uh, he's a child, even though he's 50 years out of a, a, a planned lifespan of maybe 900, he, he's a crafty one, that one. So you'll need to watch it. I don't want to spoil it for anyone and definitely don't want to spoil it for you, Dave, but uh, you no, got to watch no. out for those little ankle biters. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> pay, pay attention, young one, pay attention. Anyway, we're wrapping up the show. Oop, we're wrapping up the show. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone for once again being part of it, listening, downloading the show, subscribing, and all of that great stuff. Um, Dave, you've got some upcoming guests here yeah, on the show. Yeah, you know something? We, we absolutely, we, we have uh, uh, for November 15th, uh, the November 15th show uh, is George Scribner. Uh, and, you know, it, he directed Oliver and Company. But we're going to be talking about uh, Prince and the Pauper, Mickey Mouse uh, featurette, right. uh, which is going to be celebrating its 30th anniversary. Oh, my which, goodness. Which is really hard to believe, but that's, you know, next week, uh, 30th anniversary. Uh, and oh. then... I feel I feel old, Dave. I, I remember <laughs> I remember when that that came out. I remember thinking, not only did the the final storybook because they used to have those those read along with Mickey books. Sure, I had that and it had a poster for that. I thought it was super cool, and I can't believe it's been thirty years. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And then following that, we're going to do a special Black Friday books and gifts. Oh, my gosh. It's right already. before Thanksgiving. And, oh. and then at the end of the month, we got Bruce Broughton, composer uh, extraordinaire, uh, who's going to be coming on uh, to uh, chat about music at the parks and uh, films and whatnot. And, I love it. Uh, you know, we, I think we've got some good guests uh, getting booked uh, coming up in the coming weeks. And I am looking forward to chatting more about Disney and pop culture and you, my friend. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love our chats every single week. And don't forget, if you love our show, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us those likes and reviews on iTunes. Also, on every one of those podcast platforms. Just give us a like and write those reviews. They really help us move further along the listings so that more people can be turned on to Skull Rock Podcast. And you can also follow us on all of the social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can check us out on SkullRockPodcast.com. You can also send us an email, Dave at SkullRockPodcast.com or Aljon at SkullRockPodcast.com. That's A-L-J-O-N at SkullRockPodcast.com. Dave, anything else? That is it, Al John. I hope you have a great week. And uh, just to the listeners, do send us your questions. We like to get your questions, and we will answer your questions on air. Absolutely. In the meantime, please take care of each other, and we will see you next week. I'm Kristen Hetzel, vacation planner, world traveler, Disney foodie and theme park fan. I'm Al John Go. I'm the husband who's also Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel Comics fan. And together, we host the Disney List Podcast. 
Every week, you'll hear us list our favorite things about Disney theme parks, films, shows, travel, Marvel, and Star Wars in a top 10 list, rankings, and more. That's an impressive list. Subscribe to the Disney List Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform. You can even stream us on Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com and check out our live shows on Facebook, the Disney List Podcast. Visit thedisneylist.com.